Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Come on, ride the train. Hey, ride it. I didn't know we were going to have a cool, like, train intro outro. Did you Did you actually listen to our first episode? I did. I did listen to the intro, actually. <laughs> but then I was like, I was there. I don't need, I don't need to watch it. <laughs> it's kind of sick. Um, yeah. It is, actually. I really liked it. <laughs> Good job, Stina. What is up, Val? My N, my Nakama, if you will. I'm back from work. I'm tired. I had a big dinner. And I've drank some water. I'm ready to talk about whatever the fuck we have up today. Of course. Uh, yeah. Definitely some things are the F up. Um, speaking of the N-word, NFTs <laughs> has just popped off in our little neck of the woods right now. Mm. Uh, let's not name names. Let's not, let's not start any witch hunts. But because this is more of a generalized issue than a one general person issue. Um, this freaking nft group just sprang up overnight and they're talking about oh yeah you know just record your face get you you can buy and own your own favorite voice actor's voice yikes wait that's what that is yeah so here's how it goes like they're like they're essentially um like i said we're not gonna we're not gonna name any person you can look that up yourself on twitter because we don't know who we know one prominently stood up on this yikes but uh I know there's some people who are secretly doing this. Um, so the whole company's whole motto here, like the, the, how their, their mode of business is that popular voice actor records their voice. They have an AI generated module. What do we call, we call um, I know them as VO codes. Like you, you, you can literally look this up called VOCode.com. You can type in a character's name and you type, it's like, it's like, it's like word to speech. It's janky. It's cringe as hell, but it's funny. They want to take it to the next level and sell it to you personally. The fact that I could, oh, Val, let's say you do, you won't because you know, this is BS, but let's say you were on this platform. I could buy your voice. Let's say you betrayed me one day. And you said, I don't want to, I don't want to be in a bridge parodies anymore. And I'd like, I drop you in the bin like Woody in Toy Story 2. As you should. Um, but you don't want to be in bridge parodies anymore. And I'm like, you know, screw you, Val. I know you're on this platform. I can buy the rights to your voice. <laughs> <laughs> surely, surely it's not like the absolute rights to it. Like there must be some kind of like specific. Not thing. the absolute rights, but like I, I have the right to use you going uh, into a VO code and then whatever the fuck comes out of that, I can use to my heart's content. I can purchase that. Okay. Okay. So uh, let me, let me see. So I could say, put up the reverse flash meme, my voiceover, the reverse flash meme. On yeah. Specifically. This. So yeah, you know, that's the way that that's the best way to describe it specifically from just, just a recording of you from the reverse flash meme. Whatever, as much sound as the VO code can grab from that, I can buy the rights to that voice. Wait, wait, wait. How much money would I make? No, I'm not really going to get into this. We shouldn't use the logic, but I would assume you would make a decent amount of money. I would hope so. That's a a big meme. That being said, they're going to sell it to me at a premium, and you're not going to get royalties. Maybe you do. Maybe you could get a... Maybe you could get a deal of a royalty, but... Let's, I don't think that's the case. All I want is royalties. That's all I actually want. I, I really want a gig where now, I Now, imagine I'm tired. Now that I own this, and imagine like, wow, I paid a premium for this just for your Flash meme. And I've already used and I'm done with the bridging, and I don't need your voice anymore. I'm tired. Now I throw your voice into the bin like Woody. Hmm. I don't want to play with your voice anymore. I sell your the rights to your voice to the KKK. And they use you, your voice, and a bunch of commercials. This went very extreme, very quickly. <laughs> Jesus. We have to, to demonstrate how stupid this is. <laughs> your voice is out in the ether. You no longer see a cent after you sold that one right. <laughs> and now your voice is getting traded around to productions that you don't necessarily approve of. It's pretty ass. No, I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of that. Because you know I'm a vet. You know I'm a very... I, I, I very much have a code of conduct. We know how done NFTs are. We know they, they are environmentally irresponsible. We know that in principally they are stupid. We're just talking about 
this one instance of how it works with voice actors selling the rights to their voice. Mm. This is dumb. Kind of. This is career suicide for some people who have just announced. Like, that better be a big paycheck that you're selling. This better be the future of your career because yikes um i mean in all frankness in all frankness um we both know it's not us that really make them it's the fact that he's like it's on twitter and everything he's still gonna work he's he's you know they they are who they are who they are we both know that they're gonna keep on they, yeah they are who they are they're still going to get work but i still feel like this is some shot in the toe which now and, and that's why and that's the real reason why i really want to have this discussion now. Hmm. This is a demonstration of how much the voice acting industry fails voice actors. The fact that this big name in voice acting can sit there and go and weigh their options and go, I could risk shooting myself in the foot and this paycheck or this potential profit or whatever actual profit I'm going to receive right now from this Ponzi scheme is going to make me more money than I ever could for the rest of my career in voice acting. Hmm. Think of it that way. I mean... Like, shame on NFTs for being just stupid, but shame on the industry for making it that easy to jump onto stuff like this. This, this could... I mean, let's say that, let's say that NFTs, they're not, but let's say they were, they, they're, they're not environmentally irresponsible. And this is not a problem. This is there, there's no repercussions for doing this, and, and and that VO code doesn't sound jank and cheap and weird and robotic. It works perfectly as technology continues to advance. Is this not a threat to the voice acting industry? Should they not be shaking in their boots right now, or are they saying themselves, "Good riddance, we're gonna buy those rights ourselves"? This is getting terrifying. This reminds me, what you're talking about with this VO code thing, um, I, I saw people talking about how AI voices have become more advanced, and, um, are you aware of, uh, Watch Dogs Legion? That's a video, game, video game, by Ubisoft, yes, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and, uh, it, it's the first video game, I believe, probably not, most definitely not in, in the time the video game's been around, but it's the most recent game that has prominently featured AI voice acting from computers. Um, you know, voices just made up in the computer. Yes. Not actually really pe real people, except for maybe a few characters and, like, guest star appearances. Like, I think, uh, uh, what's his name? Dre or something was in it? I, I can't remember who. Stormzy, I think it is. Stormzy. Yeah, a rapper. But that was, like, a big thing in that game where they were like, we don't have voice actors, we have... AI voices completely made in the computer so that we can have a bunch of different voices that are so unique to the specific character that you have because their whole thing was like you die you jump into a new character that you can like recruit yes. and all that stuff and everyone hated it everyone hated it it was bad janky it didn't go well and voice actors were pissed off obviously because they decided rather than actually like going out and hiring the talent because Ubisoft's a big fucking company they decided we're gonna make computers, uh, computer voices, it's gonna be free! The funny thing is, of all companies, Ubisoft is the one that's like most prominently on the NFT game. Mm. And they're losing so much money right now. I am not surprised. But I don't keep up with video, I don't keep up with video games. But I was aware of this concept, that actually, like, principally, again, because E3 is nothing but, is another version of snake oil sale, sell, selling. Uh, that game principally looked interesting. But the, the whole fact that you die, you move on to the next character, and there's just so many random characters generated, that is where an AI voice generator is pretty practical. In, in regards in regards to video game, in terms of creative content, because we shouldn't, we should also would be remiss not to mention that there is a field where AI ge voice generation is on the fly, practical is very important, and that's medicine. Specifically, not just people who don't have a voice, but for translation on the fly. That's actually really important. And that's where that technology needs to be applied. But I in agree. art? What the hell? No, exactly. I completely agree. I mean, in video gaming, like, there's plenty of things that are, like, randomized career by computers. Level design. There are entire games 
built around procedurally generated rooms and things like that, which, you know, there's a general layout, but then it just, like, switches it around randomly with, you know, not all that much, like, idea of, like, level design, I guess. Dungeon crawlers, for example, it's just rooms, and occasionally there's a big room. Did you ever play Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? That game freaking Hell yeah. rocked. That game rocked. That God. game's awesome. It's so goddamn good. God. I want to play Mystery Dungeon again. But I'm not on board with NFTs, really. Do, do I hate them as much as some people know? Because quite frankly, I'm, I'm stupid and I don't understand the technology really that well. But I know they're bad for the environment. I know that people can just steal someone's art and be like, this is an NFT. I made an NFT. I own it now. In some weird way, I make money off of it in some weird way. I don't understand how it works. I sell it to this man for money, whatever. I don't get it, really. Val, I no one can blame you for not understanding or even caring. Exactly. To an extent. Because it's so dumb. It is so dumb, it doesn't make sense that this... I, I, besides the framework of capitalism, it doesn't make sense why this got as far as it did. As of the time of editing this episode, Voice First NFT, the company discussed, is already reported on having stolen from several non-NFT AI-generated voice vocal banks. We are living in hell. I have a friend, even, who, like, mailed, messaged me. He was like, hey, I bought this NFT. Like, a personal friend, like a friend since childhood and things. Like, yeah. I bought this NFT because it looked like you. And I was like, how much did you buy this for? $500. Do you know whether or not you'll make it? Because I don't understand. I'm like, how does this work? Do you know you'll make a return on it? Like, I don't know. It's like, and you bought it because it looked like me. Yeah. What the fuck? Hey, bro, if you got 500s to burn like that, like, good for you. I I know. It's like, it's, it, I, I was, I was kind of confused on it. I'm just like, eh, whatever. It's your money. I, I just... My you brand know, you know what you get for cheaper? I literally... <laughs> Wait, I might have blood on my hands in some way, Ivan. This is the friend I bought my computer off of. Because I was going to get a brand new one, but he was like, I'm done <gasps> oh, with computers Oh, was it, was right it your now. money? You used it with your money. It was money. probably my money. It was probably my money. You're done, you're done. Get off, my, get, off the, get off our fucking show. <laughs> Ivan, what are you doing with that gun? <laughs> I don't know which one to shoot. You, you or the, the NFT just looks so much like you. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I've actually sat here now. I'm like, wait a minute. I just bought a fucking computer off of him. <laughs> Motherfucker. But let's, let's kind of lure up this uh, yar yarn that we've just unspooled. There's a lot to unpack here. Yes, let's get back to how definitely. it stays relevant to the voice acting in anime. Because, my God, we can't talk about this right now, but we, were, we just before the show, we were talking about a particular session you just had. Mm-mm. We were. And just about how the constraints of budget during production. Like, you have to balance so many voice actors and so many salaries and so much time. And so you're not... Not everyone is going to feel like they had the most fulfilling recording session. It, 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 it's, it, it's just the cost and effect of art and business. You can't make the art without the business. And it's getting to that point now where it's like... Are we going to see some of the lesser roles get taken over? Like, is it more cost-effective to use these these background voices, the V the V O the, the AI generated voices? Is it going to be? Are we reach a point where we're only going to cast the larger roles and then the supplementary roles? And if that's the case are the, the the actual people who are there, the people who still get to record, are they going to make more? Are they going to have more time to record and have a more fulfilling recording session and really push it and make the most of that free time and money? Or is the anime industry, at least the way that I know it, the way that I abhor it, this is just going to be more penny-pinching and we're going to practically replace everybody and it's just not, it's just gonna be a money generating machine. The, the last traces of art are going to be gone. We're not even, even gonna need the voice actors anymore. And even, and even if we do keep the big, bigger roles, the small roles where the big names of tomorrow are, that's where they experiment. That's where they learn and train. And that's where they get their experience and eventually rise to the ranks. Those opportunities are now gone. Where the hell are we going here? You and I always use, um, what's his name? He's one of our favorites. 
Immortal Sugimoto, Golden Kamui. Oh, oh uh, Ian Sinclair. Why is my why why is my name blinking right now? Ian That's Sinclair. Horrible. Ian Sinclair, our boy Ian. Our boy Ian. Our mutual, one of our favorite voice actors. Our mutual favorite, topic. yes. If if the, if the horrific dystopian future that I just, just, just described happens, you will never get a voice actor like Ian Sinclair ever again. Hmm. A man who you frankly, just will not. He has been in voiceovers a long time, but quite frankly, as far as I knew, he was never in anything super prominent as like a really main character for a while. But I always heard him. I always heard him in the background of things like Full Metal Alchemist, many other things. Um, and I was always like, oh man, that guy's got a distinctive voice. And they're just like in the background or something like that. Yeah, because because again, that's how it works. You have to work your way up. You have to develop a rapport. You got to get your reps in. But if the opportunities for reps are not there, if, 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 if a guy like Ian Sinclair was trying to rise through the ranks today, it's go and like not today, tomorrow, the, the, the quote unquote dystopian future when this likely happens because Sony purchases Crunchyroll for a billion, but they can barely afford to send out kits to their voice actors during the pandemic to, to, to record in safe remote conditions. Such a voice actor, such a wonderful voice actor would never have a chance. They would never have a chance. And you need to, like, because if you, if, if you don't offer that chance anymore, there's no more art anymore. The last traces of art in this industry is in the anime itself, the, the animation, which, give it time, they'll try to figure out how to AI generate that too. How about a little, um, if you want, I can go over a bit of, like, how an ADR session goes, even. Go for it, yeah, go for it. What happens in an ADR session? Typically, in an ADR session, you are allotted when when an email is sent out that you have a role. I'm not going to say any roles that I have or specifically yeah. about anything I do because... NDA. NDA. Another N-word. NDA. You know, for a while, I felt so silly and really dumb. But for some reason, I kept on saying MDMA, which is a drug. I just would always accidentally say that first until I corrected myself. For ages. Point is, though... When you do get that role, whatever that role might be, whether it be a background character, some walla, where you're just like a voice in the background of like, you know, just some random people doing whatever, being like, oh no, I can't find my socks, or what's going on here, doing voices like that, anything, you will be allotted an amount of time of which your session will take, whether that be an hour, two hours, three hours, doesn't matter. Usually longer sessions are for main characters, like three hours, um, main characters. Two hours, you're like someone in an episode or whatever. So they can have a bit of time to like get that stuff down, make sure the ADR is all nice and clean, there's no problems. So what happens is you're allotted that time and the director usually, because obviously there's a budget to meet and they've allotted you that amount of time, they aim very much to not go over that amount of time. They really want to like get it done. So. The fact of the matter is, this is something that I've thought, and I'm not going to badmouth anyone because I think all the directors I have have been really great, really tried. But it is up to you as an actor. This is just a bit of advice. It is up to you as an actor sometimes, even though it might be hard. You have to, like, take that line because sometimes they might be like, that take was fine. That take was good. Moving on to the next thing. Oh, you don't want another take? No. Moving on ahead. Okay then, they're the director, they're the boss. You gotta listen to them, obviously. So what happens is, you really have to take that line and you need to make it as good as freaking possible because sometimes there might not be a chance you have to do it again and really perfect it in the middle of a session, is what I'm saying. And, and, and this is exactly the point. Those time constraints and everything, like you said, which would be better if they just threw in, say, some AI voice actors in the background of a Walla that's, like, no one's really going to take in. I've done Walla, as you know, on, um, Full Dive and Dragon Ghost House Hunting, um, two shows which I'm really happy that I even had the chance to because they're, like, my first official anime voiceover roles, I guess. Just background guy. A guy who got his hand cut off, um, I think you know, uh, or I told you, I, I believe, I got to voice act in a scene directly opposite Johnny Yon Bosch, you know. 
And that's like a guy that I grew up watching. Bleach, Trigun, all that, that's sick. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me when you've said this now, it is actually very likely that companies will start not doing it for main characters and prominent characters with more than a few lines, but AI voice acting these background and Walla characters because no one really takes that and goes, oh man, who the hell was that guy? Except for the old guy out like Ian frickin' Sinclair, who like I said is one of my beloved actors. So, yeah, now that you've said all of this, I'm actually like, shit, this could be real in like 10 years. Yeah. What do you think of that? They're trying to make human talent cost-effective. And, and, and what they mean by cost-effective, it's not even just money. I've also brought up money, time, and when this freaking tweet, when this company was announcing themselves and they were explaining it, they also brought up no, they, 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 as, as a benefit to the, they, they stated this as a benefit of their company. The fact that you can have someone's voice without legal repercussions, pesky legal repercussions. Hmm. That's why I brought the thing about how your voice can be placed in things that would not make you happy. So I, I and you would question. have no right to fight that. Yeah. Hey, don't use my voice there. You won't have that right. Once you've sold it, it, that's it. I have a legit question about this. If, if you know the answer to it, you're like, I always hear about, and I, I brought it up earlier, about how people make an NFT out of a piece of art that they ha actually have nothing to do with. And it's just out there. You know, you can't do anything about it. So could someone simply do this to my voice? Out of the blue. Just take a clip, say, out of My Hero Academia Bridge. They could take the, you know, My Pube line out of My Hero Academia Bridge and be like, now you're in beautiful Valentine's voice. Yes. In the same way they do that with art, they could absolutely do this. You could see this start happening. Mm. You absolutely could. I, I go back to that VO code that we use just for memeing and funnies. They're already doing it with professional voices, with clips from shows. So it's only a matter of time before someone figure out, figures out a way to monetize this without legal repercussion. Because those, the, the, the VO code things, those come from copyrighted material shows. But fan content, demo reels, anything that isn't backed by a big company, yeah, you're gonna start seeing some open freaking season. And that's another thing. Sure, this is just one company that might be attempting to go legitimate, but now a bunch of little satellites and people who are who want a piece of that pie who aren't going to fly by any personal honor code. They're going to just rip voices wherever they can find them. Mm. Yes, they could do that. That is scary. It's, it's, it's disheartening. It's scary. It's infuriating. All for a system that is not even efficient. It's just so dumb and practice but they but they I do mean, it because everyone is just trying their wet their beak on the next consumer phase it's not even a consumer phase like go go back to ubisoft i said that they were losing money off their nft situation because someone actually hacked in looked at the numbers the nfts that ubisoft has made so far has been traded between it has been about they've made they've made about 300 dollars that's been traded amongst like 16 individuals. Hmm. And that's it. Like they, they, they treat it like this is a big thing that this is something that anyone's in on. It's really not. That's the part that's really messed up is that, yeah, some common people, like as, a, as your friend who bought an NFT that reminded them of you, it is getting in the hands of the common people, but not as many as you think. It's still not. This is this is a bunch of people with too much money on their hands trying to create, they're trying to force of will a new market that they're on the bleeding edge on. And it's not working. They keep pushing it. And like, it's here. Like we keep talking about it because it annoys the hell out of people, mm. but it hasn't worked out that well yet. And that's why we got to keep shitting on it. That's why when these people announce, you gotta stay accountable, and you just can't. And people who are notable need to show some integrity, man, and just not buy into this for for even just short term gain here. 
But again, but 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 I understand the temptation. Again, going back to what I said at the beginning, the anime industry, the VO industry, is it not doing enough to protect their talent? To say wh why you would be tempted to start investing this when we could lose you as a talent at the same time. It's like, do they even give a damn about losing that talent? Are they just gonna buy those rights themselves and call it a day? It's just it's just so disgusting to take a human life and start counting, start bean counting the cost effectiveness of your responsibility for that person. Hmm. I, 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 as a director myself, I take, a, I take a, I worry a lot about you guys. I, that's why I bring up this discussion because I think about you and I think about all the young guys in, in our crew and in our circle of um, influence who are just beginning to break into this industry and that opportunity could get pulled from them. If not from them, it's going to be the kids after them. And it's just so upsetting. Because, yes, it's a career, but also, it, it, I mean, I, I, I keep saying it. It is art. It is art. But it, a robot, I'm sorry. I, mean, I know that when the robot apocalypse comes, and they've got me, and, and I got a firing squad of a bunch of Roombas about to fucking take me out, I stand by my words. Robots can't make art. Only humans can. Only humans can. And I, and I consider voice acting, the animation itself, the direction of it, the sound injury, the man typing on the keyboard and pulling those knobs. That is art. And you start taking this away and it's going to show. It is really, truly going to show. When that time comes, when the first completely AI generated t TV show or short comes, you're going to see a discernible difference and it's not going to match up to even just one human person involved in that process. We are on the precipice of a slippery slope. I do not like it. How do we transition into My Hero Academia from here? I forget. Do you forget we're not... That's, you that's, forget the, we're that, not that, that's the transition. That's the transition. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's our show, Val. We can, I know. We, we can just... We can randomly drop a point. Which I will at the end of the show, don't you worry. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this this is this is all just a long-winded foreshadowing. I don't want to call it a joke because it's not a joke. But I am playing upon people's expectations upon the title of this episode and the fact that I keep bringing up a, a certain letter of the alphabet. Mm. But back to My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah, That's the yeah, thing people yeah, want to hear. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say yay. I know Val's getting uncomfortable. Don't worry, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> no, I was about to say yay, but I, I, I wasn't that into this chapter, admittedly. Um... No, but we haven't. Like we said at the the first episode of this new podcast, that we skipped my hero academia for a week because for the past couple yeah. weeks, ever since the end of the Stars and Stripes fight, we have been spinning our wheels. We're not really doing anything right now. Um, though that being said, one thing definitely happened um, as of this week's chapter, and that's All Might is now actually presenting us with the game plan. We're talking about chapter 340, by the way, audience. I keep forgetting that we're not on our live show anymore. We can't just visually pull up the chapter on the screen. I know. This is chapter 340. What's happened prior? We'll do a little bit of catch-up. Stars and Stripes sacrificed herself to effectively insert a virus quirk. In the coolest way possible. Into Shigaraki and start metabolizing his quirks away and weakening him. And it was super badass. It was pretty metal. It was Kino. It was the no, last was. cool thing to happen, and now for the past, like, two months, we're sitting here being told nothing we didn't already know. We knew Ayama was the traitor. We knew. It was obvious. Any sense of nuance, the anime already took away. I think I think the only thing that the previous chapter did that actually made me kind of happy is, um, and it seems to be doing this at the end of every chapter lately, having us have a glimpse of other characters that we'd like to check in on because we haven't seen them for ages. Well, I mentioned this back during the Class 1A fight versus Vigilante Deku, where this is your last chance to see moment. This is, hey, there's Hatsume. Say hi to Hatsume. Now say goodbye to Hatsume. That that last splash page you got, that's the last time you're going to see her. Mm. Bye. That's what's happening right now. 
yeah, like we're seeing Sunny Eater and Fat Gum and is that Hatsume, the one who hangs out with Sunny Eater and uh, Miria? No, 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 no. Hatsume is the support. That was last chapter. That was it. You're right. Yeah. Who? Who is? She was the, working. Um... She was working. She basically made a new costume. We're not a, not a brand new costume, but a slightly scaled down. But she made those new gauntlets for Deku. That's right. Did they reference Bloody the movie again? They don't. They don't. They 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 they. they all they say is that the technology comes from America. But that's, that's it. See, that's that, that's what I thought. I was like, oh god, is, is Ivan gonna get what he wants and like, you know, have them talk about the movie? No, nope, I mean, they want. They're not gonna put. They're not gonna put Melissa in there. No, but we get. Nope, we saw Sunny. Reference her. We saw Sunny, and I don't know if you know this. I really like Sunny. I thought Sunny was really cool. I know you really like Sunny. Principally, he is one of the most unique characters in this series. He really stands out. He's so meek and shy, but he has the name Sun Eater which is so many different puns going on at the same time. And the fact that he has he's such a bombastic, such a look-at-me name. It wasn't his decision, it was Mirio's. Mm. But it's so awesome. He's like the anti-Bakugo in this, where he gave him a positive name. He said, no, you're going to be Sun Eater, man. You're going to eat the sun. You're going to just absorb all the attention. Or it's Sun Eater because, I mean, his quirks are ingestion digestion based he eats something he gets its power or it can also be him absorbing all the energy in the room because he's such a downer it's it, 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 there's so much going on in that name mm. there's so much going on with that character and it's a shame he gets a couple chapters during the overhaul arc and, and i already called it we called this ages ago that he would just get cast aside because now there's nothing left to do with him mm. he's just there for he's just eye candy now because he does have his followers he does have his fans there's a there's literally a, a citizen hugging him going i love you sun eater don't ever leave us again which i think that's such a fun little cheeky nod by horikoshi he goes i know you all love this guy but there's no time because my hero academia is ending in one year's time basically 49 chapters maximum from now mm. which i call bs on there's no way. He's got to sell at least two more movies. <laughs> at least two more movies. It was a 10-picture deal that they've since hidden away from. And at this point, the fact that it's ending in a, it's supposed to end at the end of this year, now I'm like, okay, maybe it's not going to be 10 movies. But there's no way they're not going to try to get seven or eight in there. I mean, I should say six, because we're only at four movies in right now, right? Or three. Do you imagine Horikoshi is overwhelmed? Because, um... My Hero Academia has now been around since 2014. It's 2022 now. Um, so, eight years. He, he's, like, because I think we talked about this before and how Horikoshi never really had, like, a breakout hit until My Hero Academia. And he's been... He was, like, the anti-Oda. Like, he was just always there. Mm. He was always plugging away, and then he finally got it. And then and then he got, like, the, the phenomenon. He was the next Naruto. Right? No, li yeah, literally, he replaced. That's Naruto. a lot to go from. That's a lot to go from. Like you were a, de you went from deep cut to like, like only like only like hardcore manga readers know who you are, and suddenly now you are an overnight sensation. That is a lot to take in. Is he overwhelmed? No, no, not more so than any other mangaka. I think he's overwhelmed because Shonen Jump's work schedule is. Freaking a human rights violation. Mm. But in terms of overwhelmed by success, he's been ready for this. Like if, if, like I said before, he was the anti-Oda. Oda did a couple pilots, and then boom, he was in. He assisted. He, he assisted, did a couple pilots, he got in. Horikoshi mm. assisted, got a couple serializations that all just kind of fluttered out, and then he got My Hero after a couple pilots after that. He's been prepared for this. My Horikoshi's best aspects as a writer come from his preparation. He is well practiced. He's very strong and built for this. Do you feel? And this is a thought that I have. That maybe My Hero Academia will end, and if this ten picture let, let, let's say this ten picture deal does go through, do you think he'd be more interested in fleshing out the world of My Hero Academia without Deku through movies? You think he'd be, he'd be, he would become a consultant on the films? I, well, it's like Oda. 
Oda is a consultant on the films. He writes the films sometimes. Most um, mangaka are, if they own the property, they most likely do consult. To what extent? That is not my place to say, because I'm not involved in that process. I know for a fact that Oda tells them what powers they can and can't use. Because he's like, no, I want to use that power later. You can't have it. Which is his right. And that, and for Oda, of, if you told me that's all Oda does, that makes perfect sense. Because that, you, you just described Oda to a T. He just, he just walks in and goes, hmm, what power is he using? And he sees what he likes, he goes, no, that's fine now. <laughs> no, you can't have it. Um, I, I already thought of that one. It's mine. One Piece Film Red got uh, announced a little while ago. Yeah, it sure did. a lot of people are really excited. A lot of people are really excited because the D in red has three scars on it, like Shanks. And at the end of the teaser, a picture of Shanks appears. And everyone's like, oh my fucking god. This is the Shanks I'm gonna, I'm gonna laugh when Shanks is not involved. Like, like <laughs> Me too. But... When I saw this... This is the year Shanks makes his move. Five years later. <laughs> he did literally... That's Oda to a T. He did literally say that for 2020, I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's why I made the joke. That's why I made the joke. <laughs> but, um... I was really excited because I was like, Oh my god. The Straw Hat crew have done so much. I really like the One Piece movies. Stampede, Stampede was good. It was it was all fan service, and that's nice. I, you know me. I've only seen the uh, the the Baron, the Island of the Baron. That's the only one I've so seen. So good. I try. I tried to start Gold the other night, but then I got distracted. Gold is worth it. I think Gold is. Really it looks up worth there. it. Oh, it looks really. It looks really good. What I saw, it looks really good. I I want to watch. Are you it. are you ready for One Piece Ocean's Eleven? Oh, that, that's what it looked like to me. I, yeah, exactly. so I, 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 swear, I swear I will get to it. I'll talk about it on the show. Hell Because yeah. I love movie six. I love the, the Island of the Baron. Baron Omatsuri's Secret Island is amazing. If I had yes. to recommend people watch like one of the odd One Piece movies, that is just totally I watched that so... before. I watched that years ago before I started watching One Piece just a you couple did? months yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when you and did And I actually. loved it. It, it's a good movie. It's it's by the same person who did the Digimon movies, Summer Wars, yep. Wolf Children. He's just a really great director and artist. Yeah. And the original Digimon pilot. Anyway, I was really excited because I was hoping for a Shanks movie, whether that be an origin, a Shanks adventure separate from Luffy and stuff like that, where the Straw Hats have a... Uh, a, a less involved part of it because not like you a say time that, but story. have you seen the concept art? They're I have, the... of course. Did you not see my tweet about how Usopp's death metal outfit is the coolest thing he's ever worn? It's based. It's, it's based. It's based. Our, how can our man get more based? <sighs> he's so good, Usopp. But, but yeah, no, I I think this movie just happens to have Shanks in it, and they're banking off that, and they don't actually happen because again, because I think Oda goes. Nah, I, I, this is the year Shanks makes his move. You can't do this <laughs> And then we wait another five years. Exactly. But I've, I still am really hoping for this to have, like, at least two stories to it. Whatever the Straw Hats are doing, I'm pretty sure they're going to a music festival. Is what they're going to, like, freaking... Uh, That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, they're going to, like, download festival of One Piece World or, or Glastonbury. <laughs> Something like that, with a, a wider range of music. Um, and But then I want there to be at least a B story on something about Shanks. I don't want time travel if there's fucking time travel. Which, if you know, that there, there already is time travel. But they have literally been like, but you can't go back. These guys have gone forward, but they can't go back. No time travel bullshit. And I hope it stays that way, because time travel is... It's a whole mess. We both know this. It can it can ruin it can really make or break, break a story. More often than not, it breaks a story. I still I still think it kind of broke Endgame. I, I Endgame really I but we're not didn't even get into see that. it coming. And the only reason why I liked it is because I didn't see it coming. Mm, mm, I was like, oh wait, this is a time heist. Interesting. Yeah, I, 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 the thing that bothered me was especially the end where it was like Thanos can use the one pin particle to take everyone his entire army you could say they're an advanced alien species but i was like this is a reach i feel but whatever moving on i kind of would like it if my hero academia expanded from deku at the school with everyone that we know to other characters 
and things. Anything, because My Hero Academia, like One Piece, has such a vast, interesting world in how Horikoshi is set it up that I really feel like he could go anywhere with it. Yeah, but here's the thing about here's the thing about Horikoshi and Oda and all of them. They're not film directors. They're no. not screenwriters. They're mangaka. So if you want him to explore this, I I would I would love a spin-off series because I mean, look where Vigilantes went. Give me another one of those written by Horikoshi. Be great. Where let's focus let's focus on another group in that world. Yeah. I would I would love to see that. What realistically is going to happen? It's going to be Shippuden. Mm. He's the next Naruto. He's going to be the next Shippuden as well because that's just the way the money crumbles. I would rather him make a series, not My Hero Academia, but I know. Let, let's just say, put it out there, World of Heroes. From the World of Heroes. Or something. And then just have a bunch of different stories that he can make from that. Or have other artists collaborate with it on like a massive level, similar to Vigilantes, but on a bigger scale. Something like that would be cool. Because they're doing something like that with One Piece, where I'm... Boichi's Sanji, I believe. Or, no, he did Ace? Which one did Boichi do? The Wait, one piece side stories. Oh, um, that, that would have to be Boichi, because he was the artist. Mm, yeah, Boichi, Boichi did that, like, I, I want to say it was a Sanji one. Oh, wait, no, it's the Shokugeki no Soma yeah, guy. Sho Sh Food yeah, Wars. Shokugeki no Sanji, that's the guy who, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was like a series. I thought it was just a one-shot, but then you informed me it was a series. I was like, what? Something like that would be cool. But how about this chapter, Ivan? 340. Like, like, like I said, it's just All Might actually presenting the plan. And, and his plan is essentially... he His his plan is essentially... um he's He needs to separate all the key members of the Paranormal Liberation Army. So we can have them in clean, easy places for our characters to have their individual showdowns. Exactly. That was the first thing I thought. It's not even the plan. He literally said this isn't even the best plan or plan A or plan B. It is simply something that is imperative. We must do this, I believe he said. Yeah. Like, he, said he said that they are stronger together. The only way this works, we have to divide them and conquer. One part of this chapter I actually have a big issue with, and I I feel it is because, and and you know me, I don't I don't dislike All for One as a villain, but I feel like maybe it comes from Horikoshi's like until recently we talked about this, and even he said it, um, his lack of ability to make a really grabbing fight scene at times. It is when All Might states that. If we were to go against just um, All for One and, I mean, I understand about Shigaraki. Shigaraki showed way more of a threat back in, you know, the Hero War arc than All for One ever did in the All Might fight. Yeah. Do you feel that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I know he tore downtown apart, but Shigaraki literally obliterated the landscape. Yep, and part of the reason is because All Might contained it. Mm. It, it was a testament yeah. to All Might's greatness. He he contained this threat, and that's what made everything afterwards threatening was the fact that All Might's gone. Now we need like twenty people to do All Might's job. You know, now, now I've said it, and I've thought about not My Hero Academia the main line, but Vigilantes, where he does his like you know all around the world save everyone taking selfies while stopping the terrorists and like putting down the two million ton building that that's falling and has just been blow up i think of that i'm like yeah all might's great right that's just crazy but what, what what do you feel like was the most interesting part about this because i feel like it was um aizawa speaking to oh ayama ayama uh, yeah yeah and he just said hey gonna give it to you straight kid they're probably not gonna let you back into this course like that's it. Like, like you, you're, you're, you're trapped. You're trapped. Like basically, you have no choice. You gotta help us, because that that this this is the end of the line. But, and again, why Aizawa was the best. He goes, I'm sticking with you. I'm gonna. I think no, and no one else is gonna stick your, their neck out for you. 
I will. Because you are my student, first and foremost. And so, you and, you and me are right and dying. And so I thought that was a big dick Aizawa moment right there. It really was, and it is posed really well. I really love this specific panel where they are sat together. It reminds me of One Piece. It's very much not the same, but like how when Shanks gives Luffy his hat, the world disappears around them. They are in nothing but a white background with only like a bit of the floor. Yeah, if you're reading this at home, folks, this is a very easy to discern scene because even his like restraints are gone. It's just the two character models. Yeah, but it's 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 um it's a white line breaking Aoyama's silhouette, really. Yeah, that because that's that's where his navel laser is. It, 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 again, we talked about how Sun Eater. There's so much going on. There's so much going on in this panel. Because again, remember, this is a racer head. He can erase quirks. Ayama wouldn't even need to be in restraints right now. Because mm. if Aizawa just looks at him, there's no navel laser. Again, there's, there's, there's a lot going on here. This is a very masterful panel. But also, it could be foreshadowing. This, this might be one of those heroic sacrifices. I want to point out, when I said I didn't like this chapter, I thought we were going into to 3.39. Oh, did you? I mean, I, like I said, we, we've we been kind of up in the air about how much we've been covering. Because not, not much has been happening, and we're hoping, and that's why I'm getting excited. Because this week, finally, I doubt it, because at the end of this week, they showed Shinso. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be another Hatsume chapter where we have to see where Shinso's at at the moment. How, how do you feel about the little pins that All Might seem to have cobbled together to represent Shigaraki and All For One? Yeah, I noticed that shit. I'm glad. It's nice that he has free time. <laughs> yeah, it's just like to do some DIY DIY crafting. It's not like the world's ending or anything. A really badly drawn hand, and what looks and I I know it's all for one's face, but it took me a minute to be like, oh. It looked like the Funimation funny. logo. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, but I didn't like the start of this chapter. I I found I find the exposition on the plan. Well, me, it's the fact that they keep explaining new order like it's fucking relevant still. Shut up. No one cares. <laughs> I said it during Saturday Jump. I don't care how new order works. Show, don't tell. And you showed. She parasitizes Quirk. It, it, is it still relevant? I thought he expunged it already. I thought I thought it was really like I I thought he had to like give it out to someone else. He gave it to a jobber and then probably killed him. Killed him. Yeah, exactly. So why do I give a damn about this work? Other than I guess All Might's explaining why. I guess now again, this is all it's not All Might explaining to the cast why All for One wasn't involved in that fight with Shigaraki. It's the fact that the audience continues to cry and whine and demand explanation for every fucking detail. He had to explain to the audience why All for One was not involved in that fight. And it's like, who cares? It was a badass fight. I found that explanation rather bullshit as well, because as far as I knew, maybe I'm wrong, but All for One wasn't aware of what Stars and Stripes quirk actually was. You know, he knew, and, and that's what All Might's explained, the fact that he knew, and that's why he wasn't there. But if he knew, why didn't Shigaraki know? Because All For One doesn't tell Shigaraki shit, because Shigaraki is still an impulsive child. The last traces of his personality that are awesome is the fact that he continues to rush in. This is the guy who continues to still have hubris. Mm. I, I like how Horikoshi, I like how All Might's like, hey, we gotta separate these, separate these two. I don't want All For One involved in the final fight. Brit, bitch, me too. I don't want All For One here ever fucking again. I don't want him in the Vigilante's final fight. I don't want him in this story anymore. Same, bro, mood. <laughs> um, I but the bad, the bad, the fact of the matter is they are stronger together. They're they're two pieces of a whole now, and so to separate them is the only way they get a chance. So, who's going up against All For One? Who's fight? Obviously, Midori is fighting Shigaraki. They're separating Dot. They, they, they're making a, a huge point. To separate Dobby. So there's going to be Todoroki's fight. I'm hoping Endeavor's there too. If not, who the hell is fighting all for one? Is it is All Might gonna fight all for one in the final fight? Is he gonna get the All Might mech? Like Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne? The All Might the Bat the Batmobile mech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who the hell like knows? Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne. That show was sick. I, yeah. I try I always try to bring this up in some some capacity. But yeah. A thought occurs for me, by the way. So Midoriya has stake in this. 
everyone technically has stake in this. It might very well be the end of society as we know it, obviously. Well, here's the thing. Like, the fact that they are going to separate into teams, mm -hmm. this means... I, 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 I really like this. This means that between now, if he gets this thing freaking moving, between now and the finale, now we're going to get individual fights. Or group, group fights. Like, obviously, there's going to be a Team Ochako going up against Toga because the girls have to fight the girls because equality and all that. Because Midoriya can't, you know, uh, Delaware smash Toga in the freaking Yeah, line. because that wouldn't be, like, really awesome and well-deserved. That's not what heroes do. Exactly. So we're going to get, we're going to, uh, we're going to get Todoroki versus Dobby. Team Todoroki, whoever's with him, is going to fight Dobby. Ochako is going to fight Toga. Midoriya is going to fight Shigaraki. My God, would it not be badass if there was a Bakugo team going up against one for all, or all for one? I was literally going to say... We need a very strong team. If we're going to separate them and fight, there's got to be a strong team. And my god, if we get... If we get, um... Kirishima... And, like, just, the, just get the toughest guys on all for one... Holy crap, that's gonna... Screw the Shigaraki fight. That's the fight I want to see. If, if there's anything that keeps me interested in, in an all for one fight... It's characters we never ever get to see much ever fight him that's cool that's exactly what i was gonna ask who does bakugo have to fight his inner demons unless someone it's gonna be a team up <laughs> we we know how this is going to go it's gonna it's gonna be midori and bakugo and midori are going to hold hands and punch him yeah, at the same time and it's time. gonna be hella gay i'm gonna love it um but th th that's what i mean like i i don't think i really don't think we'll get that it would be cool. I actually agree because I was going to say, I was going to say, if things Bakugo, were if things were of face value, and Horkoshi said, "Yeah, all that material I used in Heroes Rising is not going to happen again," because that was the originally plan, and that's not the plan anymore. Mm -hmm. I still don't believe him. I still feel like we're getting a version of that because the movies keep doing a version of things we see in the manga. That seems to be a running thing with a lot of anime movies. Uh, the One Piece movies, yes. for example. I'm not going to go too long on this. The Dragon Ball movies, most iconic. Yes. Yes, 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 but One Piece movies too. Uh, One Piece movie four, um, Dead End Adventure, one of my favorite movies actually. Um, the fight mimics many things from the crocodile fight in, uh, in in the anime, like you know the gum gum chomp or whatever. We like eats a part of him, and it turns out I'm I'm made of sand. You can't eat me. Whatever. I I'm made of candy stuff. You can't eat me. Same thing, kind of that kind of stuff. Um. But I was going to say, I was literally going to say, could Bakugo fight all for one? Because all for one did orchestrate the capture of Bakugo for the Yeah, yeah, part. yeah, yes. So that seems like the character that Bakugo probably, a, a moment of great vulnerability for Bakugo. When he was trying, when he was trying to recruit Bakugo, that the whole point of that was to recruit Bakugo. Yeah. To his side. So if anything, I, I actually kind of agree with you. That would be a great matchup for Bakugo because it's a moment of vulnerability and, and that test. I think, yeah, in so many levels, that would be awesome. It, it, it was a test for Bakugo. It was a real big test for him. Okay, so here's the thing. Let's, let's have our cake and eat it too. Bakugo and Midoriya are going to be on opposite teams. Midoriya's going to fight Team Shigaraki. Bakugo's going to be on team all for one. Hmm. I think at some point they are separated, but at some point they get back together, and that's when Midori and Bakugo team up. I think I think that's how this is moving. I would hope so. It seems like these teams are going to be very spread out though, because they've literally said, "You know who needs to be on team against All for One? Mirio." Yes. Why the hell did we bring Mirio back? You know what? Actually, I'm sorry. He's gonna be on Team Shigaraki because the touching thing. Maybe, yes, probably, but you know what? Man, there was someone who was well-designed to fight Shigaraki, it's Mirio. Is Overhaul still potentially a problem again? Or is he done? I can't remember. The last time I think we saw him was the Nagant fight. I don't... It pisses me off. It really pisses me off. Because I thought he was set up for the Vigilante arc. And then he just wasn't there. He was just kind of like... He was a pawn. He wasn't even a pawn he was just well he was used because Midoriya tried to rescue him he tried basically the Nagant tried to take advantage of the fact that Midoriya rescued him to get her shot and Midoriya just kind of hard worked his way to victory mm -hmm. if if Overhaul shows up again I pray it is as an ally because he he has big beef with Shigaraki obviously I feel like he there's still a moment to have with his Yakuza boss where he goes like yo fuck these villains fuck all this like you gotta have a sense of honor 
Yeah. And and, and, she, and, and, and Overhaul has to kind of look at the situation and go, there's really no honor in what the villains are doing. And I'm not necessarily on Midoriya's side, but I'm like, I don't want the world destroyed. If the world's all gone and destroyed, I can't profit off it. And I, just, I feel like they're going to find some stakes for Overhaul to side with the heroes and be of use in the final And Eri. And have a moment with Eri. And Eri yes. needs to spit in his face. Eri, Eri literally needs to spit in his face. Yeah, because because the audience is demanding it. I could give a rat's ass. Because I, I don't think Eri even gives a shit either. I think she's just happy to be out of the situation. But the audience is going to want that closure. And so, I mean, we, we do need another overhaul moment. I demand it for the abridged. We both know Eri... We, we've known it for a while. We knew it the instant she showed up and basically, like, you know, was like, no, Midori, you can go all fucking out. Nothing's stopping you. She, she's gonna be, and always has been, a key part of this whole thing. Yeah, I, I still believe in Bakugo theory. In I, th I think she is going to be the key, actually, to reversing um, uh, Shigaraki somehow to a previous state that All For One is not linked to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think she gets the final shot, honestly. She's gonna she's gonna jump out of the fucking bushes with like... Yeah, oh, uh, gotcha, uh, fuckers! Yeah, yeah. Just a convenient bush that hasn't been wasted. Or, or maybe in Midoriya's desk. Midoriya's like, huh, I led you here on purpose. And Ariel jump out of the goddamn desk like a... Like a, 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 a little person from behind a goddamn seat cushion. Yep. We could speculate all day, but it's gonna end in a year. Imagine Eri strangling. <laughs> Imagine Eri strangling with her tiny hands. Eri oh. with her razor head bandages too, like Shinso. Strangling all for one. No, no, I want her to like get big hands and strangle over or something. Her tiny hands just wrapped around. She doesn't. Neck. She doesn't absorb quirks though. She just undoes things. She reverses things. We know at the. We know at the very least. We know that Aerie's going to reverse like all the deaths and all the lost quirks. What if she reverses his broken hands? What if she reverses his lost hands out of mercy? Overhaul. Oh, she's absolutely going to do that. If Overhaul sides with the heroes at the end, that's what Aerie's going to be there to do. Like, hey, forgive, but don't forget. Here's your hands back. Better make them useful. Yeah, don't, she's like, your hands not, are not for her. It's like Edward Elric in Full Metal Archivist. Your hands are for her. It, 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 I will take them. If you use these to hurt again, I will take them right back. Because there's probably some loophole in my quirk where I can undo what I probably. undid. Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, what I did like about this chapter is how many characters we saw, actually. And, and they've been doing this a fair bit. They did, At least six. Yeah, they, they, they've been doing a fair... I'm, I mean, I'm going to judge six characters. Okay, it's um, it's Aoyama. It's Boss Cop. Um, which actually, I, li I liked his input, actually, on the Aoyama thing. Where he was like, considering my position, like, I, 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 I kind of have a good judgment on this. As And I thought initially he was like, in my authority as someone who is in charge of this and cares about like what he did. But then I realized, no, it's because he was born quirkless, and he didn't like obviously go the way that. I, but I mean, he was around. God, it's so weird. All for one has been around for so long. It's like yes, this was always an option apparently for many people, which I thought was interesting. But we see um, Cat Cop. We see, as I pointed out to you before this even started, freaking Club Penguin. I know now he's supposed to be a Yoshi. But it's Club Fucking Penguin, <laughs> and also, like I said, from the for the previous chapter, we got to look at characters that we really don't see anymore, or barely. In I want to say his name is Shinso, the mind guy. Yes. Yes, I got it then. Yes, and my phone seems to refer. So, and do you think that is just a look at him? And, and we even got the two shitheads, who are like. Yeah, your music festival thing's freaking dumb. Oh, yeah, I recognize them, too. Yeah, I was like... Yeah. Man, I, good I, character economy. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, okay. It's good. Like like I said, we, we've been you seen. Get them in. You are right. Why, why design new characters when you can just throw in the ones you already designed? Yeah, no, next chapter, we're getting one more chapter. We're going to get a checking machine, so we're going to check out on everybody. And and then it's going to pop off. I, I, I believe, like, the optimist in me believes that this is just Horikoshi just, like... He's like on half-brained like autopilot right now because he's storing his strength and his planning and his energy for when things pop off again like they did during the war arc. Right. Because again, we've been we're complaining that things haven't been happening, but we have been spoiled 
since from, from war arc to the end of the stars and stripes battle we have been spoiled for quality mm. chapters it's been over a year like a year and a half maybe two full years of just the best shonen i've seen in a while now we're just he's buying time because he's like i've got a pre-plan i've got a pre-set up i gotta work ahead and then when it happens it happens and pray that it's that non-stop like it was before mm. but that being said he says it's gonna end at the end of this year that gives us 45 maximum chapters at this point but there will be breaks there will be hiatuses so let's say 40 chapters he could end in 40 chapters i do not believe him one bit i think we're going to spring of next year because if we're talking because we got to play because it's not because he can say what he wants about it ending but shonen is going to want a placeholder until they get their next crop which will probably happen in the springtime it's usually the spring and the fall hmm. is when they get their newbies in overall thoughts on this chapter then i i think there's uh, quite a few good things in it i'm happy that something finally happened hmm Multiple things, actually. Like I said, All Might's presenting the plan. Aizawa is being the badass that he always is, but even more so. I, I always love, ever since I watched um, Assassination Classroom, the dynamic between a good teacher and their students, where when these people have no one to really turn to, these people can be like, you know, a guide for them, and a good one at that. Because I, I never appreciated my teachers in school, admittedly, for putting up with my shit when I went through my bad boy phase right <laughs> um how are we doing on time this is i think where we're actually going to wrap up today because i know there was a manga that a brand new manga that you were very excited to talk about yes but yes i am the thing is we have a guest coming next week and Ooh. she's read this too and oh. i would like a chance to read it too before we talk about it because i haven't read it yet because i've been so well, busy well, you know what? So, that is, I think that is actually very, absolutely reasonable. Yeah. So what is the name of that manga, Val, so that our audience can also read upon it before next week? Yomi no Sugai. The brand new manga from the author of Formal Alchemist, probably, I believe, the first new thing that she has independently made herself, not like drawing up illustrations for something that is already like made uh, and not written by her. It is just... Hiromu Arakawa, and I am really looking forward to it. So yeah, I've, I've been hearing good things. It just it keeps sliding out of my read list. Like I'm like I'm gonna read it this week, and I keep missing it. I swear I will get to it this week, because I would love to have this discussion with you and the guest who's coming. Who is it? Find out next week. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Cause honestly, reading the first chapter, it only has one chapter right now, and it would be very good if. Hopefully, by the time we get back next... Uh, is, is it next week, or are we going on hiatus next week? Not next week. Next week, we're going to have the guest. It'll be the following okay, week when okay. we have a hiatus. Okay, sick. Just making sure. But I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, having another chapter next week so I can get a better gauge on what exactly is going on with this. Yeah, I, I want to I catch up. I, wanna, I, I do want to talk a lot because I, I really love Full Metal Alchemist. I love that mangaka. And I've heard good things about this series. I want to see what it's about. And I want to... I, I, I need something new to read, Val. Okay? Mm. I lost I lost Hunter's Guild. I lost Boys Run the Right. I need something new. And I need something good. Something that hooks my attention. So I'm going to raise my expectations unreasonably high. And get myself disappointed. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So before we sign off. Alright. I, I, I've been alluding. I've been joking with the title. But this is not a joke. I'm not here to have a discussion about this, Val. I'm just here to make a statement about the casting of Kimberly Ann Campbell in my uh, Don't Mess With Me Nagatoro. Oh. What started off as just one stupid racist joke and people platforming this because they can't help themselves but quote retweet when they shouldn't do that. This opened up a greater discussion about uh, diversity casting in anime. And as I brought up in the beginning of the show, the fact that one of my biggest concerns is about the well-being of talent. And although I'm not going to have a discussion about diversity in anime voice acting because I am not of that diversity, neither are you, Val. I feel like they're the ones who need to speak about that. Our only place is to defend that, which we do. But what I wanted to briefly make my statement upon is the fact that I'm very disappointed to see a couple directors in my field 
who have talked about the fact that it is not their place to not only make this statement, but also not to defend their talent when they are being ridiculed just by the virtue of their existence. I find that to be a weakness in directing. I feel like you, you are in a privileged position. You, again, it is an art, it's not, it's, it's not just an art form to be a director. It is a privilege. You have a relationship with your talent. You work with them together to make art. You're not there to be cost-effective. You have to be in the business sense, but this is the difference between those who actually want to have a real relationship with their talent and those who are now weighing the cost-effectiveness of buying the rights to someone's voice and not have to worry about the number of takes and the hours to pay them. I just find this very weak and very disappointing when you actually openly make statements about the fact that you're not going to defend your talent. I don't like that. That's the statement I wanted to make. Kimberly, you did an amazing job. Uh, if I ever come across working with you, it will be a fucking honor. Um, that's all I want to say. Thanks for a great show today, Val. Um, the NFT art, the discussion. That actually went even more... I thought that was going to be the throwaway joke at the beginning of the show, but we actually had a great discussion about that. No, we did. I, I, thought, that was, I thought that was great. Um, now that you mention it as well, AI voice acting, it also completely cuts out things like race and whatnot Abs and even to a degree and the potent the the potential of things like um controversy in these yeah things. and the, the fact that you just brought that up i i've been i've been talking i've been talking basically what i've been doing right now i've been recording for the next uh my hero bridge movie and a lot of this has been a big discussion i've been having this discussion a million times during recording sessions this week and there's a lot of people i want to actually bring into the show because this is this is not a fad topic this is not what's happening now this is going to be an ongoing thing for many years to come and at some point, there's a few voice actors and a few sound engineers in our sphere of, in our network, that I would love to bring on the show and actually talk who, who are from this perspective, who can actually really talk about these issues. I would love to have them on the show and hold me to that audience. We should definitely do that. But otherwise, for now, we're going to wrap up today, rest our voices, and be back next week for a less dire, more fun topic on a brand new manga from an artist and writer that we do really enjoy. Until then, everyone. I forgot, we don't have a sign-off. We just, I, we just, the eye just exits the train. <laughs> yeah, just get off the train. This is your stop, audience. Yeah, no, you just talk. Yeah, go on, get out. Go, get out, go, me go, and Val. Gonna... Me and Val, I'm gonna- Choo-choo. This, this is a train robbery. Get off, get off. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Dragon Goes House Hunting, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, and Gooner Bear. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.